ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ So an important verse Savai pungsang paro dharmo yato bhaktir adhokshate Ahitukya pratihataya yatma suprasiddhati The supreme dharma for every person is devotional service to the transcendent lord such devotional service should be unmotivated and uninterrupted in order to completely satisfy the self so uh, the queries are about tivra bhakti intense devotional service these are the same uh, symptoms of pure devotional service that it's unmotivated and uninterrupted if our devotional service is motivated by any desire other than to satisfy krishna then it's not pure devotional service and it cannot be intense shila prabhupad in his purport he has given the uh, analogy of a ray of light which is sharply focused so such a ray of light is very strong intense but if the light is splayed out it's not intense diffused if the light is diffused it's not intense so um it should be single pointed ekagra concentrated on one point ekagrata concentration and uh with a, that's no motivation and also uninterrupted not that sometimes we do bhakti and sometimes we don't so these are the symptoms of shuddha bhakti i think it's best if you just say what i say and don't elaborate on it more um that is called ananya bhakti that means no other ananya no other bhakti with no other means with uh, no other motive and no other activity no diversion so uh you see how this comes ananya no interruption means no diversion that that's apratihata nothing can obstruct it now you say enough all right thank you dhanyavad all of then <laughs> ah that's it kind of and uh ahaituki means no other motive so these are the uh characteristics of ananya bhakti ah uh, in this regard there is uh, one quotation from shila bhakti siddhant saraswati thakur he states only for a pure vaishnava is it possible to perform krishna bhajan at all times and circumstances with intense determination such continuous bhajan is not possible for one possessed of material egoism yeah so this uh, in intense determination in all times and circumstances that is pure devotion only possible for pure devotees yeah i was speaking about 
how if we bring uh, mundane intensity or, or the intensity of one's character that one has derived from the three modes of material nature that can be brought into devotional service but that has to be purified we all we all come to devotional service with various material desires so um, actually an, an intense personality doesn't necessarily that mean that they have more material desires but they're more prakut, they're more manifest in material consciousness intensity to have an intense personality that means that one generally that means in rajaguna and there is also a manifestation of tamaguna which is uncontrolled uh, anger a person in sattvaguna tends to be mild in his dealings vyavaharam dealings means vyavaharam <laughs> um, because he's not uh, he, he's practicing detachment from this world detachment from this world vairagya anasakti <laughs> but uh, sattva guna it does not mean simply laziness and doing nothing persons in sattva guna in the varnashram system the brahmana is supposed to be in sattva guna so he also has an intense life they have many activities to perform sattvic activities but activities nevertheless but um when the lower modes of material nature the the, the intensity the strong that is an intensity with a strong material desire this is material intensity so uh that that can manifest as fanatic when it's brought into the religious sphere it can manifest as fanaticism a strong te- strong tendency to control others and and just by the force of one's personality to get them to do you must do what i say domineering uh intensity in devotional service that is not accompanied by uh, a high level of purity also engenders quarrel which is a prime symptom of kalamya so really we have to emphasize purity in devotional service um pure desire to satisfy krishna and intensity following purity if we put intensity first then we may end up with problems so uh great pure devotees of course they are um typified by the intensity of their devotional service the six goswamis of vrindavan are glorified can everyone hear what you say nidra hara vihara kadi vijito they gave they gave up they they overcame eating sleeping wasting time i guess you could call vihara in this context but we should not try to imitate that i don't know about nowadays but when i joined the movement it was a it was a common thing that devotees would try to very quickly come to the advanced stage but artificially um they would we used to discuss i don't know if we discuss so much now but how we have to cut down our eating and sleeping so we'd have brahmacharis who would sleep only 2 hours or 3 hours at night and eat very very little but then after a few days they take a huge amount of prasadam and sleep for 24 hours 
So this is imitation. We are advised to have anusharan of the great devotees. Anusharan, Srila Prabhupada translated this as following in the footsteps. And anukaran, he translated as imitation. Uh, an example is given in Shastra. A very, a very common example is given that um, we have to... Yeah, the, the example of the Atma is like a passenger on the chariot. The driver is the uh, intelligence and the horses, they are the senses. Now, if you... You have to control the horses via the mind, which are the reins. If you don't control the horses, then they just go wild and the whole chariot gets skewed with, turned upside down, or it goes off course. But if you make the reins too tight, then the horses will, what, what do you call that? They go, they rise up. But they'll, what's, there's a word for that. I can't remember what it is. Bolt? I can't remember the word. There is a word in English, which I can't remember just now. Rear, they'll rear. Yeah. If you're on a horse and you, on the back of a horse and you pull the reins too tight, your horse will rear and throw you off. So there has to be control, but not so tight that the horse throws us off. So, uh, if we try to be too intense, we might just mess up our whole spiritual life. Intensity must be there, but not to the level where we try, we go to go too far beyond our capacity and then we just can't maintain that. We, we saw the example of Srila Prabhupada, great Mahabhagavat, intensely engaged in devotional service. Day and night, traveling, preaching, translating, sleeping very little, and uh, could be very intense in as much as he could chastise very strongly. He would often speak very strongly. But another feature of his personality, which many devotees noted, is that how... He seemed to, of course, sometimes he would get angry, but most of the time he seemed to be very relaxed. Even though he was leading a big international society, he never seemed to be stressed or flurried. He would often joke and laugh. Uh, and, and sometimes yeah, he would just be in a very extremely relaxed mood and Talk with, his, talk with his disciples about things like... One time he had a long dis discussion. Devotees described he had a long discussion for several hours about whether it's better to travel by road or by train or by plane. Maybe it wasn't several hours. Maybe they were exaggerated. So that, that was a very endearing characteristic of Srila Prabhupada that, that many devotees noted. Endearing, do you know what that means? It, it's a characteristic that makes you, tends to make you dear to others. It's not necessarily that people like it, it means more than that. Not just that people like it, but that people, it's a characteristic by which people, they, they become attached to. That uh, even though he was a, undoubtedly a pure devotee of Krishna, in many ways, he seemed to be normal and human also in his dealings and approachable. So, Tivra Bhakti doesn't necessarily mean that you're just like this all the time, just completely. It's not, not necessarily like this. I'll tell you something else funny. As I'm talking about jokes here. It's not a joke, it's a fact. But you have to speak into the mic. That it, when I was by the mercy of the devout devotees 
allowed to join this movement in 1975. It was quite it was quite common that while chanting japa, the brahmacharis would bang their head against the wall deliberately. Uh, I never did it. It looked it looked quite painful to me. But I guess they did it when they found themselves falling asleep. It's one way to wake up. Of course, you might do it too hard. You might go really to sleep. Or maybe their mind was wandering, and then you'd be chanting, and you'd hear it from time to time, boom. It was like it was a standard practice of some of our devotees. So, uh, but I don't find it recommended in Shastra. What would you call that? Shravanam, Kirtanam, Mata Dalanam, something. We don't find it. So intense, yes, but uh, well, we have the example of Raghunath Das Goswami. He was intense in every way. Maybe his um, most famous prayer is there, the uh, so famous I forgot I forgot the name of it. Oh, it's the topmost Gorya work, but it's it's so high that we don't uh, we, we don't talk about it much. I guess we should. Vilap Kusumanjali. Vilap Kusumanjali. It means an offering of kusum, which is a kind of flower, of vilap. Vilap means lamentation. So it's an extremely intense prayer in which, for instance, um, he's praying to Shimati Radharani. So, for instance, one of the things he says is that Without service to you, I have no desire to live. I have no desire to for Vrindavan or for Krishna. It's extremely intense, not to be imitated. We we should not say I I don't want Krishna. We shouldn't. Raghunath Das Goswami is uh, after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's maybe the great symbol of intense intensity in devotion. There are many examples. Bharat he. He was uh, worshipping the shoes of Rama and his food was barley boiled in cow urine because he thought if Rama has to suffer in the forest, why should I enjoy here in the city? So though he was entitled to live in the palace, he just lived at the edge of the city like a sadhu in a little hut. And to practice devotional service. There are many examples of people leaving home, performing severe austerities, tapasya. But in Kali Yuga, we are recommended. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam, Kalau Nasjeva, 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 Gatiranita. Chant the holy names of Krishna. There is no other way. Stane Sita, staying in one's position, one should execute devotional service. Nama shroi kori jatani tumi taka aponakaji. But you know, Thakur says, going on with whatever you're doing, you take shelter of the holy name. Jatani, I guess you could translate that as intensely. So we see Bhakti. Bhakti, you know, Thakur had, what, 13, 14 children. He was involved in the world, but uh, intensely engaged in devotional service to Krishna. As we see, we, we can understand from his writings, the very volume of his writings and the, the quality of his writings speak of a person who is intensely absorbed in devotional service. Can everyone hear you? Maybe you have to turn this up a bit, because unless, you, unless you're right... I'm, I'm speaking from a little... Ten... 10 centimeters from the mic and the sound comes out nicely but unless you go very close to it the sound's not coming properly so I think we need to turn I think well you're sitting in the wrong position is one thing the mic is not next to it seems to be a unidirectional mic no I don't, I'm saying you probably don't need to you either have to put the put it 
in the right direction and maybe okay speak now turn yeah it needs turning up okay that's fine that's fine so uh bhaktino thakur and srila prabhupad have shown how one can live as a householder in the modern world and be fully engaged in devotional service so there are many questions here but i'm giving a general exposition which will cover many of the points so question what are the elements of tivra bhakti lakshanam you can say um well again tivra bhakti has not been treated by our acharyas as a topic in and of itself we find the description in bhakti rasamrita sindhu the description of bhava bhakti is which um that's understood that when by practice of sadhana one's bhava one's feelings have become intensified that is called bhava bhakti and it it has nine principal characteristics the first is that one does not like to one who's actually has some feeling for krishna they don't like to waste time uselessly they don't like to spend time frivolously because that that their life is meant for serving krishna so they don't waste time mm. so there are nine symptoms given i can't remember all of them um one has a taste for chanting the holy names namagane sadaruji avyartha kalatam shanti the first is given shanti which means um tolerance of various conditions in this world in other words throughout the various ups and downs of this world one goes on with one service to krishna shanti avyartha kalatam what's the next man then then there's something amanashunyata well one has no desire for being honored yeah yeah i was looking where i thought you must have gone out look it up avyartha kalatam kshanti look at look that up k s a n t i r the next word is avyartha kalatam then one is attached to the holy places connected with krishna's pastimes no that's not that's another one is attached to the places of krishna's past you got that kshantir avyartha a v y a r t h a it's a verse from bhakti rasamrita sindhu which is quoted in sri chaitanya charitamrita kshantir avyartha kalavam then what's the next one next word it's another of those verses which i learned not very well half learned i didn't learn it intensely enough hmm viraktiya yeah one is uh, detached from this world viraktiya viraktiya one is detached from this world manashunyata then ashabandha one has a very this is a symptom of intensity that one has a very strong hope that krishna will deliver me one feels hopeless one feels hopeless ashahin i have no hope of attaining devotional service i'm just so fallen and useless there's a very nice verse in this regard which shila rupa goswami has composed there's a very nice verse in this regard which shila rupa goswami has composed that again i can't remember oh what is that ah oh, it's probably right there under if you but you'd have to scroll down a bit ah oh, what is it it's such a nice verse ah oh, you'd have to scroll down where it's discussed this point about ashabandha i just can't remember it at all i i've i've no piety i'm not born in a good family 
What's that verse? Huh? Can you find it? He's read to train up the Gurukul boys so they don't have an empty brain like me. They can preach Krishna consciousness. You can translate that. I'm not mana shunyata, I'm braina shunyata. No. <laughs> Empty space. Big head and nothing inside, nothing inside it. This is, this is the ib. <laughs> There's a void. I'm a voidist. I've just got a void inside my head. No Pashanti. That's one of the words from the verse. You can look that up. No Pashanti. I think that, no, that's from another verse. Anyway, the, 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 the purport is, Rupa Goswami says, that I'm, I've never performed any pious activities. I have no good family background. I'm not austere. I don't, I, I, I don't follow any regulated principles. I'm completely useless. But still, in my heart, I cherish the desire. Mm, you found it? Na prema shavanadi. Yeah. What's the translation? Here, can you pass? No, you can't pass up the computer because it's being used for something. Anyway, it's a very nice verse. You can look it up. I have no love for Krishna. I, I've not engaged in the activities of devotional service. All right, but I'm still, I'm maintaining a hope in my heart that Krishna will deliver me, despite all my disqualification. Then, getting back to this other verse, Ashabandha Samutkanta Samutkanta What's the translation of Samutkanta? Being very eager being very eager to attain devotional service. Eager, come on, give, give a Telugu word. Utsahi, you could say. It's not exactly Utsahi. Eager is not exactly the same as Utsaha. Eager means Drira Akanksha. So it's somewhere in between that. Akanksha and Utsaha. Eagerness is somewhere between those two. What do you think? So, Samutkanta. Then what's after Samutkanta? Namakane Sudharuchi. One is all, always uh, has a taste for chanting the Holy Name. Now in our ISKCON society, this uh, Nama Yagyas or having 12-hour or 24-hour non-stop kirtans are becoming quite popular. And devotees, they'll go a thousand kilometers and spend a thousand dollars to attend such a program. And they really enjoy the kirtan with all the best kirtaniyas, all the good singers and musicians. So they really get a taste for the holy name during this festival. Then they go back home, a thousand kilometers or whatever. But they never get up in the morning and go have a mongalata. You can chant Hare Krishna in your home also. You don't have to go to a Nam Yagya. It's not supposed to be once or twice a year. Yeah, so now uh, there's only one more. Yeah. So it Namagane Sadaruchihi. One should to, to always have taste for the holy name, not only when there's some so called good kirtaniya. Good Kirtaniya, first thing, they have to have a little beard, French style. That's must for a Kirtaniya. Otherwise, you're not a bona fide Kirtaniya. It's all, it's all just show. Oh, tattoos also. You have to have a lot of tattoos on your arm. Then you can be a Kirtaniya. So even if we're not at the stage of bhava, we can practice devotional service intensely by commitment to sadhana, to rise early. To chant 16 rounds every day. That is the beginning. Hare Krishna. Is, is this Vijay Kumar? Is it? No. 
there's an example of a devotee who's in uh, Madan Mohan temple. He's practically blind and he's, uh, he's very soft-spoken by nature, but he's, despite his handicaps, he's serving for so many years and very serious about devotional service. So, uh, the last of these nine symptoms that I didn't mention. Uh, one should, one should be attached, or, or one is attached to glorifying the qualities of Krishna. So this is bhava bhakti, when one's, that, that, which is described as when one's emotions intensify. And bhava bhakti is the threshold or the entrance into prema bhakti. So the attitude of one practicing tivra bhakti, I think we should just substitute the word here, shuddha bhakti. The attitude is, well, tivrata, intensity, that in itself is the attitude. I must serve Krishna. And that is what we are intending in our preaching of Krishna consciousness. That is our intention in preaching Krishna consciousness. If I said it in Hindi, you could probably translate it easier. Hamare Krishna Bhakti Prachame Wohi Hamara Udesha. Then you can tr- easily translate it into Telugu. Then we wouldn't need to translate it into Telugu. Uh, <coughs> that uh, already in India, most people are doing some kind of bhakti or what they consider to be bhakti. They're, either they're worshipping Krishna, Rama or Sai or some demigod or some Gramya Devata, some local village or some spirits. You don't get that so much in India. It's very common in Thailand. Bhuta Puja. They're worshipping ghosts. Or in Christianity, they worship Jesus. In Sikhism, they worship the Grant, Guru Granta Sahib. And they worship the, the Gurus also. And in Islam, they worship Allah. And if they're Shia, they also worship the different peers and all these kinds of things. So everyone is doing some kind of worship or bhakti. And even if they're not, then they're probably worshipping Sachin Tendulkar or Shah Rukh Khan or whoever the Telugu film star is. Or Sonia Gandhi. Or these are just some examples. Or if they're not worshipping any of them, then they're worshipping their wife or their children or their dog. I said dog. Bilalu. Children. I thought that was Billy. See, I got it wrong. thought you were saying cat. Dogs and cats. Yeah, children are dogs and cats. So everyone has the propensity to worship. That is the so that is the natural propensity of every living being. <coughs> but we want to direct people toward the proper object of worship, or the central object of worship, who is Krishna, and not in a business relationship. We worship with the expectation of getting something for our sense gratification in return. But real bhakti has to be for Krishna. He is the proper person to accept that worship. No one else can properly reciprocate with our our love. About half a kilometer from the Iskon Temple in Juhu, Bombay, is Amitabh Bachan's residence. It's about half a kilometer. Only half a... It's definitely less than one kilometer. It's very close. It's very difficult to get inside his residence. Many people would like to go to meet him, but he doesn't allow them in. He has millions of fans who every one of them would like to meet him. 
he doesn't want to meet them. Because, I'm not saying he's bad, but practically he cannot deal with so many people. Because he is a jiva and not Bhagawan, he cannot reciprocate with a huge number of other jivas. But at the temple of Radha Rasabihari, everyone is welcome and thousands of people come every day. Because Krishna, by because he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he can reciprocate with everyone. Now, even at the temple, the uh, security staff, they keep the crowds moving. But Krishna, he's everywhere and he's in everyone's heart. So anywhere we can connect with Krishna. These uh, internet provider companies, they show advertisements of someone with their laptop on top of a mountain with the idea that anywhere you can get the cavalte, the wave signal. But actually, if you go to the top of most mountains, you won't get any signal. If you go to the top of most mountains, you won't get any signal. At Badrinath, you'll get a signal. It's one mountain. Actually, with Airtel, you should be able to get it everywhere, isn't it? Theoretically. Is it? It's supposed to be satellite-based. But with Airtel also, it's a very weak signal wherever you go. But with Krishna, you can connect with him everywhere. And actually, people go to the mountains. They get away from it's a, it's a better place to So wherever we are, we can connect with Krishna. And Krishna is ready to fully reciprocate with us. So Krishna is the proper object of worship and love. So we want to teach this to everyone. Krishna is the proper, he's the actual, yeah, Prabhupada writes that in his introduction to the nature of devotion that Krishna is the central object of love, uh, is the basic principle of Krishna consciousness. Uh, so another essential point is proper understanding of Krishna. If we think that Krishna's main function is to provide me sense gratification, then our bhakti, it might be tivra, but it's not really bhakti at all. Uh, so, proper siddhanta is required. Clear philosophical understanding. Otherwise, we may be tivra, means very intense, but going not exactly in the right direction. Just like you might be driving. I'm late, I'm late, I have to go. So, I have to drive. So, if you're late and you're driving somewhere and you're late, then you, you have to drive fast, very intensely. Driving fast, you should be very intense, concentrating. Otherwise, you can have an accident. Of course, you can have an accident when you're driving slowly, but it's more likely when you're driving fast. So, I have to go there. I'm, 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 I'm going as fast as I can. I really want to get there quickly. But you have to see that you're on the right road also. It's not enough simply to drive fast. You have to navigate properly also. So you have these, now they have these machines which tells you 200 feet ahead, take a right. In 10, after 10 yards, enter the ramp. Machine to, to guide you. As, so if you may be, so yeah, you may be very intense, but you have to be properly guided also. Now one thing when people are very intense, they're so concentrated that they might not be able to hear others speak. There's a common example given of intense absorption. The example of the cobbler and the king. The cobbler is sitting at the side of the road mending shoes or making shoes. Persons in the West can't understand this example because no one sits on the side of the road and does such things as they do in the developed countries. You're not even allowed to sit on the side of the road and have a little shop. But it's quite normal in countries which are so-called not developed. 
And the king comes past on his cavalcade. Previous, uh, nowadays that would be a motorcade, but previously cavalcade means with horses. And there'll be trumpets blowing and drums banging. And people will come out of their houses. There'll be a big crowd to see the king. But the cobbler may be so much absorbed in his work that he doesn't even notice. So that is an example given of how one may be so much absorbed in spiritual consciousness that one becomes oblivious to the material world. No, I didn't say Tivra Bhakti. I said spiritual consciousness. It's not necessarily Bhakti. It can be also impersonal. can be also. Um, <clears throat> but actually, uh, when one is on the stage of sadhana, one is in the stage of sadhana bhakti, then one has to practice intensely, but one has to be ready to hear also. Otherwise, one may think, well, I'm intensely absorbed, so I must be on the spiritual platform. But intensity is not necessarily synonymous with purity. So, intensity, yes, but one has to be prepared to hear and take directions also. So, question, is Tivra Bhakti applicable to Vaiti Sadhana Bhakti alone? Anyway, I think that's already answered. Should one perform all type, nine types of bhakti to make it intense? Should one perform all nine kinds of bhakti to make it intense? N- not necessary. It's not wrong, but it's not necessary. One can achieve all perfection by any one of the processes of devotional service. Now, uh, next question. What are the chances of Krihastas successful in being successful, I guess that should be, being successful in performing Tivra Bhakti. Well, again, the aim and object is not intensity in and of itself. And it's not really a matter of chance either. 20% chance or 50% chance. Is the chance of Grihastas performing Tivra Bhakti less than that of the other three ashrams? Uh, it would seem that the Grihasta ashram... Uh, there, there are various impediments to performing uh, full devotional service, which are not there in the other ashrams. But then again, we have the example of great devotees in the Grihastha ashram also. <laughs> so many of the questions that follow, they're general. They're not really so much concerned with... I mean, they're, they're general questions about bhakti. So this is a this is a common question, the, 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 the suitability or otherwise of the Grihastha Ashram for, for performing bhakti. So in general, other ashrams may seem more favorable. But for someone who's not fit for or ready for those other ashrams, then Grihastha Ashram may be more favorable. Yeah, next question. How can one overcome obstacles in performing Tivra Bhakti? And again, it's, it's considering as if Tivra Bhakti is some entity in itself. The question should be Shuddha Bhakti or, or even Sadhana Bhakti. Again, the supposition is that Tivra Bhakti is an entity in and of itself. The question should be how, we, how can we overcome obstacles in performing Shuddha Bhakti or Sadhana Bhakti. In Shuddha Bhakti, there are no obstacles. Because one realizes that there are no obstacles, there are no obstacles. Because one knows and lives by the understanding that I am only for serving Krishna, therefore there are no obstacles. Just like Prahlad, there was every obstacle imaginable in performing bhakti, but he never stopped performing bhakti. Because even if someone t- cuts your tongue out, and even mentally you can go on thinking of Krishna, 
No one can stop you. If one is determined to perform devotional service, then no one can stop you. Uh, so, uh, obstacles arise in sadhana bhakti. Distractions. But the distractions are only distractions because we allow them to be. Because we are attracted to topics other than Krishna, we allow our mind to become attracted to them. Then other obstacles may be, the body itself may appear to be an obstacle. In the conditioned state, it's difficult to perform sadhana. If uh, we feel very sick, it's difficult to perform service if our body is incapacitated. Misconceptions may be obstacles. Buldhara in Bengali. Galat Femi. It's all right, you translate it now. Um, so there's a very big topic, overcoming mis um, obstacles. There is actually a whole book on this topic. It's called Obstacles in Devotional Service. But he, he deals with a few um, specific obstacles. But the process of sadhana bhakti is in and of itself purifying. And the very fact that we're performing sadhana, that we're not in the perfect stage, means that we have obstacles. Um, but the very process of sadhana is there. It's meant for helping us become purified, which means overcoming the obstacles, which are in the mind. So there are various things. We should, to, to perform Krishna consciousness, to become pure and overcome obstacles, we have to perform intensely. We have to follow the process seriously. So it may seem to be a roundabout reasoning, circular reasoning. The question is, how can we overcome obstacles in Tivra Bhakti? And the answer is to perform devotional service very seriously. So it seems to be round, going round in circles. Srila Prabhupada, I believe it was here in Hyderabad, it doesn't really matter where it was, where one devotee asked Srila Prabhupada that, uh, what was exactly the question? Um, It was similar to this. How, how can we get determination in devotional service? And Srila Prabhupada answered that one has to follow the regulative principles. And then the devotee asked, well, how do you get the determination to follow the regulative principles? And Srila Prabhupada replied that if you don't have that determination, then you're simply an animal. If after vowing to the spiritual master, to follow the regulated principles, you do not follow them, then you're simply an animal. Srila Prabhupada explained that a human being can make a promise, an animal cannot. So if you make a promise and you don't follow it, then you're just an animal. So uh, these, these kind of how-to questions, how to be sincere, how can we be sincere, how can we be humble, so, you don't have a telugu word? Sincere. I don't think there is any. Sincere, I think, probably we can say, it, it's a combination of two things. It's, it's a haituki apratihata. It's serious and unmotivated. Serious and without... Well, actually, the word sincere in different contexts has different meanings, which is maybe one reason why it's difficult to translate. It means serious, and it means with uh, akapat, not duplicitous. Not duplicitous. Akapat. So these are common questions. How can we be sincere? How can we be humble? How can we be determined? And there can be various answers to these kind of questions. One answer to all of these kind of questions is, we, how can we be sincere? By associating with sincere devotees. We will imbibe that quality. How can we be humble? By associating with humble devotees, we will imbibe that quality. Another generic answer to these questions is, why are you not sincere? Why are you not humble? Why are you not humble? What are you proud about? What have you got to be proud about? 
Often these questions they're asked like, you know, how can I be humble? It's like, I'm really trying, but somehow or other I can't get it. It must be Krishna's fault. It's, I somehow, I, I, I feel in this kind of question, this kind, this uh, unexpressed or, or subtle uh, accusation is there. So why are you not sincere? Why are you such a rascal? Why are you not humble? Why are you puffed up? How can we overcome obstacles? Stop cultivating. The obstacles are our own illicit desires. So we have to elicit our own illicit desires. Anartha is the common word in Agoria terminology. Anartha, illicit desire. We have to stop cultivating desires for that which is uh, antithetical to our actual interest. That is, uh, that's called, uh, yeah, Upaswarta, we are Upaswarta Parayana. We are attached to that which militates against our own self-interest. It's like, it's, did you finish translation? It's like having a fire and with one hand pouring petrol and with the other hand pouring water. So we're chanting Hare Krishna and cultivating material desires simultaneously. So we can pray to Bhakti Vigna Vinashara Bhagavan Narasimha Dev. Nrsimha Dev who is the destroyer of obstacles on the path of devotion. But we have to do our work also. I'm visiting the prostitute, but I'm praying every day to Nrsimha Dev to uh, rid me from this desire, rid me of this desire. It's, it's, we often hear people, we're telling them to take up Krishna consciousness, and they say, well, when Krishna inspires me, then I'll start chanting Hare Krishna. It's not, you know, I'd like to, but Krishna didn't tell me yet, so I guess he doesn't want me to. I'm very sincere, but I'm not practicing bhakti because Krishna doesn't want me to. If he wanted to, he'd tell me. You rascal, Krishna's telling you all the time. He comes and speaks Bhagavad Gita. I'm telling you on behalf of Krishna. No, no, Krishna has to personally come. And he has to massage my feet and he should put one crore in my bank account. Then I'll consider chanting Hare Krishna. Actually, he should chant my name. So... This, oh, when Krishna inspires me, then I'll chant Hare Krishna. We should hit people over the, no, I should use the parampara example. We should kick them in the face with boots. I was going to say hit them on the head with a hammer, but we should be in parampara. Kick them in the face with boots. So we should also uh, kick our mind with boots. That is recommended by Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati. Hit it with shoes. Bhavare bhavare, amaman ati dushta. Just consider, my mind is extremely wicked. Will any additional austerity, such as taking prasad only once a day, help in tivra bhakti? Maybe. You might get proud, you might get sick, and then your uh, sadhana bhakti will be adversely affected. We often read of people of devotees who only eat once a day or every two days. But in the modern age, as a, a result of a symptom of Kali Yoga is that bodily strength is decreasing. So often if we try to perform, the, devotees try to perform these austerities, they become physically sick which adverse, and that adversely affects their practice of devotional service. Better is to go out and distribute Prabhupada's books. Now this... Uh, Sankirtan Marathon is coming up, starting today. So the austerity of meeting people who don't want to take Prabhupada's books and somehow inducing them to take Prabhupada's books is a much more relevant austerity in devotional service than only eating one time a day. It's certainly not wrong or bad to eat only once a day. 
But if we consider that our advancement in devotional service is dependent on Srila Prabhupada's mercy, yasya prasada, and that uh, if we were to tell Srila Prabhupada, yes, now I'm only eating once a day, he might be pleased with our seriousness in devotional service. But if you tell him, I'm distributing your books, we'll be sh- definitely he'll be very pleased. Just take a note of this timing that I'm speaking this. Um, <clears throat> so although uh, we may not be able to, to perform severe austerities as devotees in the past, many of them did, we can perform the austerity of Sankirtan Yagi, which is very pleasing. Yeah, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna speaks of Karshayanta Sharirastham, performing austerities which give, which cause pain. They're in actually. Such austerities are in Tamaguna. So austerity in devotional service is not in Tamaguna. But again, the best austerity we can perform is to distribute Sri Prabhupada's books. And actually this whole this whole discussion of how I can attain pure devotional service, how I can become very intense, that's good. We should think like that. But an even better aspiration is how can I help others in Krishna consciousness? So while ourselves aspiring for pure devotional service, while our can you tell me my voice is while ourselves aspiring for pure devotional service, as members of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement. Our focus should be on how to help others also come to this practice of pure devotional service. And if we focus like that, we will find by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, that we ourselves are uplifted in devotional service. So, uh, this book distribution marathon is a great opportunity for ourselves to make advancement in devotional service. There are many devotees around the world who have dedicated their lives for propagation of the Holy Name, specifically by distributing Srila Prabhupada's books. Some of them are well known in our movement. Uh, Vijay Prabhu, Brigopati Prabhu, they're both based in Los Angeles. Nidra Mataji is in Denver, she has a vow. Every day I go on book distribution. She wakes up at two o'clock in the morning. She chants her rounds. And then after Mongol, she offers Mongolarti. Then she does the deity worship in the morning. And she goes out every day for book distribution. This is her vow. And there are many devotees who are less known also, who are dedicating their life in this way. And there's no doubt that they're going back to God. Of course, it's not only by book distribution. If we dedicate ourselves in the Sankirtan mission of Srila Prabhupada, there's no doubt that we will get his mercy. And if we get his mercy, we'll get Krishna's mercy. So there's an overall answer to all these detailed points. So I'm not going to perform artificial austerities. Artificial means... I'm not really on that level. But anyway, I try to perform it. So I, my regulated time for taking midday prasadam is at 1.30. So I'm not going to artificially skip that today. And it's almost 1.30, so I'm going to end this session here now. In this connection, the story of the tortoise and the hare is... Applicable. The tortoise thought, I can go very fast, but he eventually just went to sleep. Whereas the tortoise was slow and steady. So, uh, from that has come the saying, slow and steady wins the race.
Yeah, okay, so say it. I don't know Telugu, that's why you're translated. So, uh, intensity in devotional service is mentioned in the Shastra. But uh, steadiness, that's also required. Sthirata, not to be a shooting star. You must have some saying like that. No, but there, there must be a similar saying in Telugu. Similar saying. Something that looks very big in the beginning that comes to nothing. There is in Sanskrit, I'll tell you. That is, Rishi uh, Shraddha. What does it say? Rishi Shraddha. You can look it up. Ajayudhe. Sri Pumsa Kolaha. What is it? Oh, Ajayudhe Rishi Shraddha, or Muni Shraddha. Prabhate Mekha Garjane. What is it? Dampati Kolaha. Dampate Kolahe Chaiva. Bhavrambe Lakukriya. Which means that a fight between goats, a, uh, a, a rishis, shrad ceremony. Now I'm going to go over time on this one. I'll tell you later.